Spacers from Austin, Texas. I'm Christopher Schmidt, and on today's show, I'm talking with Ren Lanier. She is a UX product designer, speaker, and writer based out of Durham, North Carolina. So notes where you can see me, I'll be hosting the Access U Summit. It's a one-day, one-track virtual conference event about advanced web and mobile accessibility. Learn new accessibility knowledge without leaving the office. Individual and meeting room tickets are available right now at accessusummit.com. Again, that's one word, accessusummit.com. Also, I'll be hosting the CSS DevConf. It's a two-day conference taking place in October 17th through the 18th in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we tackle everything from CSS to JavaScript to everything in between. Um, we have some great speakers lined up from Chris Coyer, Jonathan Snook, Richard Neighbors, Wes Boss, uh, just Estelle Wild, just, just a whole great lineup. Uh, check for early bird tickets now at cssdevconf.com. At cssdevconf.com. As for not bringing space, you can set it to forget it with our show newsletter. It'll arrive in your email, email box around Wednesdays when the show is ready and we have a hot, fresh show for you. Uh, just sign up at newsletter.notbreakingspace.tv. You can also see all the show notes and links mentioned at notbreakingspace.tv for this episode. And if you would, you can follow me at on Twitters at Telleject. Again, it's T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. And as always, thank you for subscribing, liking, and telling others about Nonbreaking Space Show on iTunes. Now... On with the show. Say thanks for um, taking the time to be here on the show. It's exciting. (laughs) Cool. Um, So one of the things we always ask right away is how did you first get uh, encountered the web or what was your first reaction to, to the web? You know, I think I first encountered the web as a high school student. And I remember I used to go to Yahoo, the directory of the internet, Mm -hmm. and drill down from category to category in the basement of the library at the university where my father taught, because that was the only place I could access the internet from. Um, I just, I loved it. I, every weekend I wanted to to go over there and be able to explore the web. I think I used Mosaic a lot. Um, I started building for the web in college. I got a terrible case of poison ivy. And my boyfriend at the time, I think I was driving him nuts, um, whining about the itching and how miserable I was. I was in this apartment with no air conditioning and and just hot and itchy. And he said, you need a hobby. (laughs) And I went to geocities.com and started a web page. <laughs> did you build a website about uh, Poison Ivy? Or? <laughs> I did not. I think I, I think I built one of those early sort of personal websites. Yeah. I, I forget which town in Geocities I was in. Oh, okay. it, was, <laughs> it was something horrible and had like blinky GIF backgrounds and things. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Yahoo's... Uh, random site button I, I it was it was a really interesting looking button it like they had like little buttons for like you know 
go to a URL or like add a URL or whatever. But they had this like really nice Yahoo button, mm-hmm. kind of staticky thing or whatever. No, it was very nice for it for its time. And I would always click it because I was like thought, oh yes, random. Take me since do some random space I've never been to before. <laughs> I love it. But uh but yeah, I remember the old Yahoo directory. And so yeah, we used to be able to catalog the web in a in their directory. I, I kind of miss that web sometimes, you know? <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's like it's it was it was finite. Yes. <laughs> so, so um one of the things I want to talk to you today uh is just you know, just see see where, where you're what you're working on, what your thought thoughts are these days. And so um one of the things that uh, you've been thinking about is uh um, the importance of process. And so this is something that comes up at uh, Environments for Humans, especially when you do the Responsive Web Design Summit. You know, we talked about process. You know, in the early days of this Responsive Web Design, it was always about like, hey, this whole like design in Photoshop and throw it over the ledge to the coders to code it up is not working out because, you know, they'll design it for a fixed width and then we have to come back and, and it's just taking too much and then we have to get the uh, clients involved and, and involved in it and actually like show them what's going on and it's just you know it's a totally different way of of a process so so what 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 is your thinking you know i i have this crazy love hate relationship with process because i've been on a lot of teams um and i've worked with a lot of teams that sort of see process as this silver bullet to all of their problems and they're like man if we could just fix our process and <laughs> You go in there and you realize that there's like a lack of clear leadership or there's an, you know, an unwillingness to make hard decisions, um, that there are personality conflicts, that there's a lack of alignment in priorities. You see all of these other problems and you think, man, like, you know, like process isn't going to fix this, <laughs> you know? And, and so I do think that for a lot of teams, it's easier to blame their process as the root of the pro- their dysfunction, as opposed to sort of looking at their culture, um, you know, looking at, you know, maybe various negative behaviors that are having a negative effect on the team and the work. Um, they're like, oh, man, you know, if we just get a new process in here, everything will be great. But, right. you know, at the, at the same time, especially when I work with designers who are newer to product design or newer to app design, you know, their questions aren't really about UI. Like their questions aren't really about, you know, how do I handle some kind of navigation challenge? Their questions are, you know, how do I work with these clients? How do I show them this thing? It's about managing stakeholders, managing expectations, figuring out, when to show deliverables, like when is it too soon? When is it too late? Um, so many process questions. So, so yeah, it's like understanding the limitations of process, but also being willing to constantly challenge yourself to improve your process, to look for gaps, um, but not getting kind of tunnel vision on your process to also look at your team culture and look at everything that's going on around process as well. Yeah, it seems like uh, processes can be very seductive in, in a way because I, yeah. I remember working on a process when I worked for agency and it was just like, yeah, we'll just work on the process and try to, and we had this massive document, which I think we, yeah. <laughs> as soon as it was finished done, no one cared about it, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, and, and so I think it's also, maybe it's a way of saying, uh, you know, it's the process's fault when it's actually like, you know, 
Bob in engineering is just really just not not helping yeah. out, right? So yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, and especially leadership, you know, because sometimes sometimes the problem is at the top, you know, and you know, with like the owner or the CEO or the you know the product owner or whomever. And, you know, they don't want to look at themselves as the problem, you know, so they want to blame process, you know, it's always easier to blame, you know, that fifth team member named process than somebody who's who you work with every day. So, so there's a problem with the culture, like, how would you go about or suggesting people tackle that, you know, especially if there's someone who isn't at the top, (laughs) it's it's really hard to, you know, I, I would imagine it'd be somewhat difficult and frustrating to say, like, you know, just to hear like, oh, we, we have to fix culture. Like, what does that in, like, entail? Or is there something else they should be doing? Yeah, you know, that, and that is, that is where I am not an expert on, you know, culture, culture fixes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's, what is that Tolstoy line? Like, every happy family is the same and uh, every unhappy family is, is unhappy in its own way. I think every, every dysfunctional team <laughs> is dysfunctional in its own way. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I do think, I do think it's important just to recognize the limitations of what process change can bring. Mm -hmm. And that if you're, if you're trying to fix your team or fix your company with a process change and that's not working and not getting you the results that you want, Mm -hmm. then maybe, maybe you need to sort of take a harder look and maybe it's not process's fault after all. Right. (laughs) And then uh, is there a difference between like, you know, because you, you have culture in terms of building a product and then uh, and that's internal and then you have to deal with clients. And so, mm-hmm. and that's like, you know, then stakeholders, you know, are kind of maybe different than the clients, right? So is there, you know, you know, what's, what, what, is there anything that you can suss out in terms of like how someone could help deal with that at all or? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a challenging thing is at least, you know, in agency work, you know, you typically have, you know, the the team that's doing the work and the client. And sometimes you need to suss out like their ghost stakeholders, you know, VPs who aren't coming to meetings, but who actually have approval over the process. Um, You know, it can be the same way in house, you know, with depending on how large the organization is that you're working in. Um, and yeah, and I think that I think that sometimes on either side, you know, you the person doing the work are often the low person on the totem pole, and you just kind of have to work within whatever culture <laughs> your clients or stakeholders may have. <laughs> um, and, and I've known teams that got very unhappy because of the negative culture of their clients. I think we've all had clients like that um, that we didn't think clients. We didn't like the way clients treated us as the agency. We didn't like the way they treated their internal team members. Um, and yeah, and it's, you know, process can't fix that. Yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's for sure. I think uh, the, the main thing I, I've seen and and we, we have people talk about process and stakeholders is just to get clients on board mm-hmm. and stakeholders on, on fast enough in terms of showing what you're doing and how you're building and a lot of that has to do with like uh building this in the browser showing people what it means as you build in the browser also you know especially see this in a lot of uh the ux talks is that you could do a whole bunch of ux testing and you know doing lab analysis and case that people come in and do stuff but if 
Uh, but no one's going to read the reports or believe the reports unless they actually come in and actually see you. Yeah. Uh, see people, potential customers interacting with their product mm-hmm. and, and doing that. Because otherwise, it's just, just you know, words on a page that uh, they can easily ignore. So. Yeah. So, but yeah. And so I think that, that can dive, dive into culture where, you know, it's kind of like show your work type of, type of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Where, you, know, you, do, you do the case studies, but you have to bring people in. And, mm-hmm. and, show. and yeah, and that, that sort of getting hands on and getting involved is also part of culture. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working in a place where teams are very siloed, or if you're working in a place where you're working with one team, but they're trying to box this other team out, you know, and like there's there's kind of friction there, then they're not going to want that other team like included in the testing or brought in early. Um, they're fighting turf wars and, you know, your your process can't necessarily overcome their turf wars. You can try, um, but you can say over and over again, oh, no, we need everybody to be there for user testing. But sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it won't. So you also have uh, thoughts on what is it? I noticed mentioned a UI design versus product design. Yeah, you know, I think when when I talk to people about being a product designer, um, I think there's a perception that most of what we do is just design product interfaces, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I, I know that's that is a large chunk of my work. I think it's it's a large chunk for a lot of product designers. Um, at the same time, you know, I think there's this shifting definition of product designer and and you know we talk I think we talk sometimes about um startup founders as product designers even though they might not be the person actually executing the UI designs um so yeah I think it's important to think about product design as something that spans you know the whole breadth of the product including the business needs and you know working with the development team on execution understanding technical limitations, overcoming the UX challenges. Um, it's much bigger than just like the toggles on the UI. <laughs> yeah. I'm personally having trouble just coming to like, I don't know, trouble per se, but just the whole term of product design and, and uh, product, like uh, I'm, I'm a project manager. And I was like, really? You make widgets? Like, I don't <laughs> like, like what you like, what, what, what do you make? And like, no, it's a website product. I'm like, Oh, well, well you, I mean, apparently, while I was I was sleeping on the job, apparently it's it became people just stopped wanting to be called web designers and <laughs> web app makers. And it's like I make a product. I'm like, that's that's great. <laughs> why why is there a website here? <laughs> you know, I think I think I was drawn to it. Um, I hit a point. I guess it's been a, about three years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. I hit a point where I started to get bored with designing quote unquote websites. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to get bored with designing what we might think of as like the typical marketing brochure website, because I'd been designing that for at least five years and I designed it, designed many (laughs) versions of it for many different clients. Um, And so people would come to me and they would say, oh, I have this website. You're like, Ren, you're a web designer. I have this website I need you to design. And I needed a polite way to sort of explain to them that I don't want to design those websites anymore. (laughs) Um, That I I only want to work on apps, at least at this moment. And so I I think product designer, for me, becomes a way to distinguish, distinguish between those two kinds of work. 
Yeah. Well, to me, a product designer just seems has a more physical connotation. Yeah. And um, and so I feel like that's a little. <laughs> I mean, it's borrowing too much from I don't know other media or, or other processes. I don't know. Maybe. I get that. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. So it just it, it's kind of like just, it doesn't. I don't know. I, it, it just feels a little uncomfortable to me. So. <laughs> But uh, but it I don't. Get, yeah, it takes time. I get used to it. I don't know. But um, but yeah. So yeah, I could, I could definitely see where people get can get tired of of doing um, just a simple website. And so, well, let's go back. Like, I want to go back to that. You you uh, poison ivy hobby mm-hmm. of making websites. So so how did you get from poison <laughs> ivy websites as a hobby, learning to your first full job as a as a web designer? You know, um, I came out of college. Uh, with an English degree, and nice. yeah, super employable. Um, right. But again, what was, what, was your, what was your focus of study? Sorry. <laughs> um, I would say probably uh, American modern literature. Nice. Um, so lots of Hemingway, Fitzgerald, okay. yes, Eliot. Um, nice. So yeah, I I came out super employable. Um, <laughs> Only due to the fact that I had had this case of poison ivy. So while, you know, in addition to moving through my senior year of college, I had also continued to learn HTML and it started, you know, that was like the early, early days of CSS. Um, And yeah, just, you know, really teaching myself how to build websites and fell into a marketing job after I graduated um, that gave me an opportunity to really learn, practice and learn how to be a designer. Um, I don't don't have formal design education. So, you know, I had a chance to design brochures, to design emails, to design booklets, to design sales sheets, just, you know, all of that very businessy, boring kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I probably spent the first, gosh, you know, the first seven years of my career working in marketing. Um and then in 2008, lost my last marketing job in the Great Recession when the when the markets collapsed. I was actually sort of working in um, investor relations, kind of tangential to finance. So when the markets collapsed, <laughs> we we all lost our jobs. Um, but you know, it's it's amazing how much, especially working on products. I often work on products, things like like CRM or. Um, you know, I'm working on e-commerce retention and analytics now. The products I work on are often similar to products that I would have used in that earlier life of mine in marketing. Yeah. And I can often apply, you know, that's where I really learned about the importance of the call to action, the importance of calculating ROI, like all of these fundamental business concepts that I then take and apply to the business products that I'm developing. And so... How- how long have you been in the position that you're in now? Like, like, like what is your day job right now? <laughs> what is my day job? Um, what, what does it look like? Uh, I am a senior product designer at a startup here in Durham called Windsor Circle. See, I just insulted you earlier by like, product <laughs> designer. Like, I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, great. By the way, Chris, I'm a product designer, a senior. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I work on a product team. Um, you know, so the company itself is about 80 people. My product team is about five people, um, which which I always think is is fascinating in that everyone else at this company is selling or supporting or developing the product. <laughs> and, and there are like five of us kind of conceiving and designing it. Um, so I've been here, I've only been here a couple of months, um, but it's it's exciting. I enjoy 
I enjoy working in the startup environment. Um, I, it's also nice to work in a sort of larger startup uh, of, you know, 80 people as opposed to just like six of us sitting around a table. Um, yeah. But like all startups, there was a point at which this company was also six people sitting around a table. So, right. yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, like everyone just does everything when you're six people. Yes. So, and then when it's yeah. eight people, it's when people get used to, I mean, I used to, but they, they can, they know what they're doing day day in day out usually. So yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. Do you do you, uh, do you build native apps where you are, or is it just a web web product? We are a web product. Okay. Um, I I worked on a native iOS app in my last position at Highrise, oh, okay. um, but we have we have not gotten into to any native apps right now, and and again that is purely based on who our users are in the context of their use, um, Mm. which is marketers sitting at their desks in a web browser day after day. Um, But I'm sure that's something that's going to increase in importance um, in the coming months. I think that, you know, supporting tablet users in particular becomes more and more critical every day. Um, I have, I have friends who, enthusiastically call themselves glass tappers and do <laughs> do their work, their real serious work all day long using nothing but an iPad on iOS. That's like cool and scary at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know and and I, I get to sort of eavesdrop on their complaints like in a Slack channel and hear them complain about you know, iOS and saving PDFs and workflow issues between apps. And it's this whole different way of thinking about working and workflows um, that's different than like our typical multi-app desktop experience that most of us use every day. Um, but I think supporting supporting those folks is is going to become very necessary soon. Yeah, I mean, it's um, just some, I think a minor example would be the, uh, uh, photography apps, right? So mm-hmm. it's um, um, it took me a while to realize that uh, uh, you know I would see all these amazing photos and like Instagram and what and whatnot, and it it took me a while to realize that people were just taking photos, taking it to one photo photo app, mm-hmm. exporting it, and then running it through another photo app, and so it was just like this crazy workflow that they were doing in terms of trying to get that picture that they, they just took with their camera <laughs> without having to like, you know, go back or open up a, a laptop or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, Photoshop. And it was, at one hand it was really cool. Other hand it was like, wow, this is really uh, sluggish. You know, this is kind of, yeah. and then at the other hand it's like, well, if they kind of fix this problem, if you will, <laughs> they're going to be putting a desktop on a tablet, which is, you know, it doesn't have the resources just yet for it. But for like, I was like, man, I hope we don't reinvent the desktop. <laughs> I, hope, I hope we solve the desktop problem. Because, like, I, you know, I love working on the laptop. Yeah, he said. <laughs> but uh, he said, like, oh, I love working on uh, like, I'd rather be in the movies. I'm working. Uh, I'm good. Cool locations. But, no, laptops are cool, Chris. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but you get, you get a lot more done and, and more. Uh, I guess it's, it fits my um, – ADD mentality better. I can just have so many windows open. Yeah. And, and, you know, my, my friends who are really into iOS, um, you know, they often use it as a way to counteract their ADD. Like it mm-hmm. forces them into monotasking oh, wow. and, you know, eliminates 
eliminates all of these distractions. Um, you know, they call it, it's like working on that thin layer, you know, between them and, you know, all of their data in the cloud somewhere. Um, so it's, it's, it's almost like their, their personal life hack or whatever, but you know, to me, I need all of the apps all of the time, <laughs> all of the browser windows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. I wish uh, there's a, a good book involved in that in terms of workflow. Yeah. There isn't already. So, but yeah, I just don't see that happening. I mean, <laughs> I would love to, I love for it to work, but I just, you know, it's like uh, we're, we're at Vermont Streaming a small company. So I just, you know, I don't know when I'll, I'll need Photoshop at any point in time and be able to uh, do that. So, but hopefully with CSS filters, we don't, we don't need that for too much longer. So, uh, but I, I, just, I use Sketch full time now. I haven't, oh, Sketch, I haven't, yeah. I haven't used Photoshop on the reg in several years now. <laughs> yeah, I use Photoshop forever. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Sketch is amazing. Like Sketch reminds me of, a little bit of slack in terms of how well it's sticking off mm-hmm. and being sustained. So I uh, was w- like, what do you use Slack for? I mean, sketch for, you know, interface design, wireframing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I will even, even get to a point if I need to do almost like a personal sticky note process, I'll just start making little colored squares and in, st- in uh, sketch sometimes just to, to mind map for myself. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, so instead of like just doing like AI, like, mm-hmm. like in the, uh, was it Graffle? Yeah. yeah. So, so you, you were just, just jury rig mm-hmm. sketch for that. Oh, how cool. Yeah. So what is the workflow for a sketch app for teams? You know, these days it seems like most teams are doing a sketch to envision sort mm-hmm. of workflow. Um, there are, Tons and tons of, I mean, Sketch is doing these amazing add-ons. Um, what is it? It's called like Craft the, with the data add-on to Sketch. So they've got plugins, including plugins that really allow you to, like, to prototype inside Sketch. Um, but it, it feels like most product teams are getting, are getting their, getting kind of 85% of the way there, 90% of the, the way there with Sketch and Envision. And then it's like that last 10%, everybody is going to maybe some other tool for animation. So maybe they're going to Framer.js. Maybe they're going directly into CSS JavaScript. Um, maybe they're using a proto dio, uh, proto.io. Like there, there are tons and tons of more advanced prototyping tools. And that's when, that's when everything sort of, um, you know, segments <laughs> and breaks. Um, but when, when I talk to new designers joining the field, I'm like, you know, learn Sketch, get Envision. There's, there's not even that much learning to do with Envision. It's so easy. Yeah. Um, that seems to be the workflow that most teams have coalesced around right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just, it just, uh, it, it, it uh, floors me how, how many people have started using Sketch, which is, you know, it's great. But it just like, it really takes a lot for uh, software to just, I think, pierce through. Yeah. Uh, and just make an impact. Like, and like Slack is one of those, or just. It just came out of nowhere and it stuck around and, and and it's been been everywhere. So I mean, and Sketch is just Sketch is so powerful and it it costs like 79 bucks. And I, I think that, you know, not only do they have a really great tool set, mm-hmm. but it's at a really amazing price. And they came to market right as Adobe switched everything over to subscriptions. Right. You know, and it, 
to me, I can't even imagine that it's worth paying $50 a month for me to have a subscription to this whole Adobe suite when all I would ever really use was Photoshop and maybe Illustrator. Um, <laughs> I, I know there's like, sometimes you just have like all of a sudden you just want to break down and I uh, just break open it and like, I don't know, audio audition. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it seems like I was very frustrated. It's it's really frustrating how uh, software companies are just going to subscription service, and it's just yeah. I don't I don't get it. Like I I get it, but then at the same time, I just like uh, I can't demote them for for changing it. But uh, I just feel like uh, when you have like a text expander, I don't want to throw text. I guess I'll throw yeah. text expander as an example. Just uh, yeah. subscription model, and I was just like, well, they they're totally in the right to do that, but. Um, you know, but I've been with Texas Expander since at least I think before 2011, if not mm-hmm. earlier. And now it's like you know, when it comes time to renew, I just I'm not you know, I'm not even going to bother just because I just I don't need to be paying for. I've, I've already invested my time and money on into it. I just what more do you want from me? Texas I know. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, any uh, projects you're working on on like any any books or. Or anything else? Ideas, <laughs> concepts. Um, you know, I am thirty-two weeks pregnant. So that is that is my current current project. Um, trying trying to get back to to writing, but have mostly been really busy with my team um, between my team and and this other product that I'm going to ship in about eight weeks. Oh, nice. <laughs> has been taking up most of most of my attention, but yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how, you know, go, I think it's good to go through periods of like working really hard and learning and observing yeah. and then sort of like writing and speaking and putting things out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've sort of had a quiet period where I've been absorbing a lot. Now I need to put some stuff back out there. <laughs> okay. Cool. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, knock on wood. And hopefully Hoping for a healthy, happy, bouncy <laughs> yes. baby. Awesome. Um, but uh, where's the babies? It was only one. Oh, only one. Okay. Only right. one. I'll some news here, guys. No. Only one. Cool. Uh, so, how can people find you on the internet and, and follow up if they have any questions or? Yeah, you know, find find me on Twitter. I think okay. is is probably the the easiest way to find me. And you know, that's that's another thing that I think I need to re-engage with more. I think Twitter as a platform has been something that I've probably struggled with over the last year or so of right. you know, like what is this? What is the conversation I'm having? Um, I probably don't post as much about product design and UX design as I should. But at the same time, it feels like there are, there's so many newsletters now. Like there's so many, yeah. like, I, I feel like one hits my inbox like every day. Yeah. Um, it seems less, less important to like retweet the latest medium article about some UXy thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting how like everyone just email is dead, but uh, we get newsletters for, for every, for everything underneath the sun. So. Yeah. But, it's, uh, the thing I really want email to die for is honestly, so, so this is again, like me as the product designer, I hate email as notification. 
You know, it's like, oh, you just got another message or another, and you get an email, and and it's just like like constant like stuff from apps, like emails from apps from Facebook. Oh, somebody liked your post, somebody reshared your post, and it's like an email into my inbox, and you know, like like thinking about that flow. Nobody likes that flow. (laughs) Like nobody likes those emails. Oh yeah, so I have to like figure out i have to like spend some time which is like not like the worst thing in the world but like go through all my twitter accounts and mm-hmm. turn off the email oh yeah hand, like by the way uh some celebrity <laughs> you should be following right now it's like, right? like and it happens every day right so I was just yeah like, like, who, who, why are you spending this much money which is like you know half a fraction of a cent i'm like but still like you know it just it adds up to uh, just a lot of annoyance really just just to read all those emails but uh but yeah but i feel like if you there's, but there's plenty of times before the, I think before this email system happened though, like I would download an app, mm-hmm. set it up, and then I would just totally forget it, right? Mm-hmm. And then if it wasn't for this app saying, uh, you know, you know, click this link and then you'll be able to re-engage with our app on your phone, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I wouldn't, you know, I've totally forgot. But I think that would happen for a couple of apps that uh, that I found. And, and some apps do it. So for instance, um, I always love Slacks magic login email because, you know, I'm one of those people who belongs to too many Slack rooms. And, you know, if I change my phone or something and, or need to add a new Slack room on my phone and just like never remembering my password, the fact that Slack will send me this email with this button and I just, you know, tap it on my phone and boom, I'm into my Slack room. Like that's awesome. Like that's, that is an awesome use of email. Um, but it's more email as notification for activity in the app, you know, right. like that, because once that means like the more I use your app, the more emails are going to like flood right. my inbox. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember Snowden, he like signed up for Twitter, Yeah. but he forgot to turn off notifications. <laughs> and so he came back to his phone and he had like, like millions of yeah. um, people had to follow, yeah. that followed him. So I was just like, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just uh, there's a, you know there's a business as email as notifications as as you know these transactions mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of annoying. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and then um, but even that, but I find that as a process though that I mean mm-hmm. as a workflow for for a product mm-hmm. design. I, I said the word product design. And <laughs> see, I'm I'm getting in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, anything else you think about there? Yeah, that that I'm working on, not not off the the top of my head. Yeah, well, you know, enough working on, yeah, enough going on. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of what I love to do is, um, you know, I love when I have the time to do various sorts of mentoring mm-hmm. to people, you know, new to UX, new to do, new to design, um, maybe not new to the technology field in general, maybe they're kind of switching in from project management or, um, you know, from another, from front end development or whatever. Um, but I love, I love working with those folks kind of getting their perspective on what it's like to be new to this industry in 2016. Um, what their challenges are, you know, always, always trying to understand and, and trying to help them develop because, you know, those folks can't, 
take the same path I took, you know, <laughs> like, right. they, yeah, is- like I can't just be like, Oh, just go to GeoCities and <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, so really, really trying to help them and trying to help understand how do you build a UX career if you're starting today? Um, yeah. So I, I enjoy having those conversations um, and just, just really learning about, you know, kind of what it's like out there, um, especially in different cities. I've mentored several designers in New York, um, several very talented, um, you know, very talented sort of visual designers, UI designers in particular. Um, and I've often talked to them. I was like, you know, you're in New York, like there's so many opportunities there. You're, you're going to find somebody to hire you. Everybody, everybody needs a designer. Um, I had at least one, uh, one of my students tell me, she says, you know, I don't want to work for one of those Uber for something startups. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she's like, I know all the, I know all these VCs. She's like, yeah, there are a lot of startups here, but they're all Uber for something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear about, you know, almost like ethical problems like that, you know, yeah. I'm just like, Oh, I have to go. I mean, I've, I've worked on Uber for something projects myself. Um, but, but to see that as such a huge trend, you know, yeah. it's like, Oh, if I want to get a job today, that's the kind of company I'm going to have to work for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's so that's kind of like what type of what's the shape of your your mentorship is it uh like like how do you for someone to uh, who would want to get a mentorship like like what 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 do you what advice do you give them or like what does it look like that is that is a good question um you know i have i do mentor through uh one of the online schools called design lab mm-hmm. um i don't know that i'm signed up to take any more students anytime soon because again launching my own little project <laughs> but um and and want, wanting to be mindful of of my time and limitations trying not right. to take on too much um but you know i've definitely considered maybe doing some open office hours as well. Um, I think that's a great way to give back to the community. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I may consider very seriously here soon. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's informal, um, just through my own personal network, um, not just going to conferences, but going to a lot of local meetups. Mm-hmm. Um, I just get an email in my inbox from a designer I know who says, hey, do you have a few minutes to chat? <laughs> um, and I, I hear... I hear the same things kind of over and over again. Um, but I think that's, I, I think it's important for all of us to sort of try and keep in touch with people who are new to our, our industry right. and, and not just get into our little cocoon of seniority. Right. <laughs> right. So, so right away, like your mentorship problem, so, mm-hmm. I mean, the advice is like, go build this layout in eight tables all, <laughs> using HTML tables. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then come back to me and tell me your problem. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and for, for some of these folks, especially if they're in more traditional design pro- programs or have come through traditional design school, mm-hmm. you know, where like they're taking classes with these 45 year old art directors, oh, right. you know, and so every now and again, um, I'll get a chance to sort of guest lecture for a class I've got friends who teach, you know, college classes and media and things. And I come in with the most, like, I, I look at these kids and I'm like, you need to learn HTML. Like, right. these are a bunch of copywriters. And I'm like, you need to learn HTML. Yeah. And then the, the next thing I tell them is, you're all going to get fired one day. <laughs> like, oh. like welcome, welcome to the advertising industry. You're going to get fired. It's going to be okay. And, and I see the looks on their faces. <laughs> like, um. But, you know, their, their professors aren't necessarily preparing them for 
the difficult world that that is out there and the difficult path that's ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, that's like two barrel shots right there. It's like you you need to learn code and you're gonna get fired. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> And it's Next. like it's like it's not, nothing but tough love right here. Nothing but tough love. <laughs> and then you just drop the mic and walk out the door. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Any questions? Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but but it's gonna be okay. I like that too. Yeah, that. you're gonna you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Uh, see the rule about HTML. <laughs> right. Cool. If you know HTML, you'll be fine. <laughs> right. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Cool. And uh, I hope to talk to you soon afterwards. No, I, I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>